0: Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Shihan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Shihan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Shihan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to C warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Oh, good day and welcome to Kuden. It's great to have you with us uh, if you're live on the call or if you're joining us uh, after the fact listening to the the, the podcast. Uh, great to be here. I'm Eric White with Shidoshi Miller, and uh, we already have a couple questions rolling in on the webcast side. I know we'll kind of get to those right off the bat, but uh, how have you been, sir? It's been uh, – oh, I wasn't, wasn't here last week to do this, so a little bit of an impact yeah, since our last one.
1: <laughs> busy, always busy. Uh, I'm working on uh, upgrading – I'm updating the – at least the layout at the moment for the Ninja Hachimon course. Uh, So I've been working on that, and I came up with a new new, uh, free webinar uh, course that uh, uh, I'm integrating into the whole system and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be releasing that this weekend uh, for people to jump onto and and, uh, see if they want to go from there. Uh, Just, you know, still working hard to try to recover from that – That uh, hacking kind of thing that hit us uh, months ago, uh, early last year, trying to get things back in place, plus do our normal things. Uh, Enrollments are up at the dojo and uh, just stuff, you know, uh, Yeah, heading in all kinds of different directions. I'm working on two new books. Uh, They're both in the workplace violence realm, uh, one for medical professionals and one for everybody else. Um, But uh, so, yeah, you know, busy. <laughs> Always busy. I'm take a couple hours well, you know, tomorrow and hang, take a couple hours tomorrow and hang out with my wife so she doesn't forget that she's married to me.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's important too. It is
1: important. But you know, about I was talent. I
0: was kind of thinking about this the other day, in that uh, I was I was talking about uh, with my dad about some things, and just kind of hit on this um, phrase of uh, change is constant, um, and you know, we often talk about about that uh, a lot when it comes to, you know, not only self-defense, but uh, when we talk about some of the mind science and and all of that, uh, that's kind of the other side of of our training. And uh, it got me thinking about Kuden specifically. We've been doing this for a long, long time, many, many years back. And while, you know, change is constant, uh, you know, I think success is often driven on finding your ways around to still complete your goals. So, you know, we've We've often along the way had things come up like last week where we couldn't have uh, couldn't have it, but uh, here we are back again this week, and we've often found ways to make things work. And um, I just think that's that was kind of a good example of keys to success. Yeah, I kind think of thing.
1: I think that's a huge thing because it seems like in today's world uh, the victim mentality is ruling the day, uh, as opposed to ruining the day. Right? Mm-hmm. Say, drop a letter and everything changes. Um, uh, you know, in a, in a past relationship that I had, I was with somebody that uh, she was very goal-oriented, right? And she was very specific on the whole planning out of goals, which is great. I mean, those are two key components, right? Being able to visualize it and uh, being able to plan it out and map it out and all that. Where she and I differed was that was when obstacles popped up, right? Yeah. Um, when uh, she was not very adaptable at all. So as soon as an obstacle popped up, um it just stopped her in her tracks and and then she would lament and be anxious and and you know just kind of freak out because now it was never going to happen right because it wasn't just the outcome that was important but also that the plan went to plan and (laughs) the reality in the world is that rarely do things go exactly to plan right and one of the things that the ninja arts highlight is uh, you know, adaptability and, you know, when obstacles pop up, which they will, you know, how will you troubleshoot that? How will you, you know, uh, you know are you a problem solver or are you going to be somebody who exacerbates the problem? And I've just always been one of those people that when an obstacle pops up, I'm going to figure out um, how to go over it, under it, through it, or I'm going to be patient and wait until it passes by mm. so I can move again. I mean, you know, uh, like a train going by, right? You're on the road and you come up to a a railroad crossing. I don't know if they have this in California or not, but um, (laughs) we we have these, you know, you come up to a train crossing and the train's going by. uh, There is no over, under, around, or whatever. There's just, you wait until the last car passes and the the little arm goes back up again and you carry on. So, uh, you know, but um, uh, I think that either people get stuck that way or they get stuck with, um, you know, they just look at their current condition and they turn that into a global static reality. Like, uh, you know, I can't go to – I can't train now because I don't make make enough money. Actually, they don't even use the word now, right? I can't train because I don't have enough money. I can't train because – uh, the seminars and any teachers are too far away from me and I can't travel that far. Right? So instead of trying to figure out how to get there and how to do it, the the one condition, finances or the current job or whatever, everything becomes static. Right? So uh that's just and that's that's really the crux of this this new uh this free webinar that I'm gonna be putting out here. Um actually it's a class that I did with my uh my Tuesday uh, distance training students as a, as one of our weekly coaching calls. And um, uh, I was covering personality traits that really get to the heart of answering a very different question than most people ask when they get involved in this or any other martial arts training, right? And the question that people conventionally ask is, is this the right one for me?
0: Mm. Right?
1: I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking for these kind of things. It's got to be the coolest, the best, the fastest, the most powerful, whatever. Is this that one, right? So is this the right one for me, right? The question they don't get around to asking is, am I cut out for this? Am I the right kind of person for this particular art? Because there's very specific personality traits and things that are important. And in this webinar, I only cover five, but uh, there are other ones like this idea of, are you a problem solver? Are you someone who believes in personal responsibility and uh you know producing results over uh style or whatever? Or are you uh someone who is always saying that they can't do it themselves? They need somebody else to do it. They uh they never have enough. They they can't They you know, whatever, right? Um, because you know you, you And here's a can't, right? You can't try to learn an art that requires you to be responsible, to be a a self-motivator, to basically operate on your own a significant part of the time and not being a part of a a massive collective, right? The ninja mentality Mm -hmm. and lifestyle as opposed to the samurai, uh, you know, way of doing things, right? Uh, You can't not be that kind of a person and think that you're going to learn and become this person, right? Um And i got to tell you, in the early days of my training, based on prior programming and upbringing and, uh, you know, acting like the role models that I had in my life prior to that, and they were incidental role models, they were family members and you know, teachers and things like that, um, I partially was that kind of a person, right? And I defaulted to the here's why I can't, and my wife won't let me, and all those kind of things, right? And I had a couple of teachers that just, uh, you know, that just sat me down and said, look, you, know, you got a choice, right? And here are the choices. And if you can't pick for one of these three choices in, in handling your problems, and you're going to default to blaming or, you know, whatever, everything's going to change for you. You can't adapt yourself to this thing then you maybe need to look for something else, right? So, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, and where a lot of people would need, I don't know, safe spaces or something for that kind of a conversation. Um, that Luckily, the teacher was loving and caring enough that they didn't care whether uh, – no, they cared about me and they cared about mm-hmm. my development, but they knew that that was a necessary part of my development. So they also had to simultaneously not care if I stayed or left. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm too many too many teachers are vested that their vestiture or their investment is in keeping students regardless of the students uh, capacity willingness responsibility uh, degree of commitment training practice whatever uh, because they need students as opposed to um, being committed to making sure that you are developing your students uh, the way this art uh, i'm going to use the word demands it right mm. uh, because they're, they're 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 passing on not just techniques and skills but everything's wrapped around the development of those three aspects that make a ninja a person a ninja right those three things yeah. we talk about all the time the Shinobu, the body capable of enduring things which requires hardship kokoro shinobu the mind capable of enduring things which requires challenges and setbacks and and pain and all that kind of stuff and uh shiki Shinobu, the the perspective and the dual, uh, the ability to, to make sure that what's going on on the inside matches what's going on on the outside, and there's a, there's a you know, a kind of a reconciling of the two uh, and things like that, and it's a constant ongoing uh, type of awareness and, and, and whatever. So um, uh, if, the, if the teacher needs the students more than the students need the teacher, that is a problem a hmm. problem, right? So um, I, I reconcile that at the school because I know that when people come in, one, they have no idea to the degree <clears throat> that this art goes. They don't even know about the art. I mean, you know, the word ninja is so popular these days, but they don't get it. Um, so, but they, ha- they have their own goals and wants and things like that when they come in. I know they have certain needs, but, you know, I mean, you were part of the school for a long time, <clears throat> so you know that I developed these programs that people can get involved in, at their degree of commitment and uh, level of interest or goals, and then it's the job of the instructors by communicating how much deeper the rabbit hole goes um, that kind of pushes the buttons of certain people and makes them want to, you know, call call the, or they use the word upgrade, right, <clears throat> to move into a program that requires more responsibility, higher standards, um, <clears throat> a willingness to do what needs to be done because. That's what needs to be done, right? If you're not willing to do what needs to be done because that's the thing that needs to be done, and you need other people to do the hard work for you, um, I, I, I don't know how I don't know how to I don't know how to help you with this other than to point you to. And I do this in the webinar. I, I, I point people to um, awma.com, which stands for Asian World of Martial Arts.com, uh, Century Martial Arts.com, Tiger Claw.com. Those are places that you can buy ninja outfits or martial arts clothing. You can buy a black belt. You can buy ninja stuff, yep. right, and you can, you know, take the red pill, blue pill challenge and uh, have that go in the movie. If you take the blue pill, you can go to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning and tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself, okay? you take the red pill, it's like getting involved in the training uh, the way you should be. Then uh, I'm going to show you how deep the rabbit hole goes, Um, but just like Morpheus told uh, Neo in the movie, I'm not promising you anything other than the truth, right? And so I like the analogy in the movie where they used a pill because in the West here we say the truth is a tough pill to swallow, right? Right. So um, there's pretty cool things that are in there, but um, anyway, so yeah, um, it is what it is, right? But it's, it's, Uh, I I think people need to get their head wrapped around the question, um, am I right for the art based Hmm. on, you know, certain factors? And, you know, just hang tight. I'll get that stuff out to everybody because I'm not going to rehash that. Um, That's like a 45-minute to an hour uh, webinar, so uh, people can wait for that. There's a a slide presentation so they can can look at pictures, too, while they're uh, well. It's not a lot of pictures, but anyway, there are slides. Uh, that uh, I like pictures. Go through this thing. I like pictures, right? Yeah. Well, the, pic- the pictures have words on them, so maybe. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs>
0: Another day.
1: Anyway, right? So you know, and, and every time we have conversations like this, that are that get to the heart of things, right? The shin shin Shingon, uh, or the um, uh, what we call it, the um, uh, prajna paramita, right? Hmm. The Hanya right, the the heart of things, um, that's where people tend to, you know, decide that I'm an asshole or whatever and uh, unsubscribe, go off looking for something that – they they go off looking for a teacher, like many people go off looking for a priest or a minister who's going Hmm. to tell them what they want to hear and is going to preach the gospel to them as they want it or as they already believe. They they don't want it any other way. That's why people hop around from church to church or whatever. And I don't mean hopping because Mm -hmm. you find out that the the minister who's been preaching against, you know, being a a pervert, they turn out to be a pedophile or, you know, whatever. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about people, and I talk to people over and over again because they left one style or left one school or they left one uh, church for another or whatever. And at the heart of their explanation, what I hear is, I didn't like the way he preached. I didn't like mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. he conveyed those lessons. I don't believe that. Oh, okay, fair enough. So um th- then the reality and people can do that in this training as well, right? Um if you're if this isn't if you and the art are not a fit and you're not willing to make changes to do a fit, then do what all these other people do. Go find a martial art that's doing it the way you believe it should be done, but don't call it need to and then don't you know, bash the art or whatever. So, um, you know, here's what it is. But this is where this is where we get, you know, unfriended and blocked. <laughs> 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 they won't be my friend no more. Anyway. Alright. Well so, uh, thank
0: you for caring enough not to care. That's what it's should
1: say. <laughs> there's a appreciate it. Well, yeah. You know, we, we start, even in training, right? We start you off slowly, but by the time you hit Shodan or Nidan, well, definitely by on, right? The fists were flying at full speed. The, the swords were sharper. The sticks were harder. There were no padding. Those kind of things, yeah. right? But um, can you get out of the way of those things? Sure, you sure. can. Is there still a level of anxiety? Well, I hope so. Otherwise, your <laughs> yeah. amygdala and your hypothalamus aren't working right, right? Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, of course, right? But I'm either preparing you for what I should be preparing you for or I'm allowing you to play a game and play dress-up. Right? Mm. Look, like, I'm a martial artist. Great. Fantastic. Last year for Halloween, I was a Power Ranger, but that's different. No, I wasn't. But, you
0: know. <laughs> no? Yeah, oh. It is what it is,
1: right? And if you, yeah. and if you don't want to do anything – But you still want to be a ninja, then, you know, go to Renaissance fairs or whatever. You can dress up there, right? It just, it doesn't cost you nearly as much to get in. I think, uh, I don't know (laughs) if it's on the webinar or not, but um, I did, I did some math, and this was about 10 years ago. So the number is much higher now. But when I did this math, about 10 years, maybe a little bit longer ago than that, I had calculated that uh, in not just training fees, but in transportation, in hotel, and, you know, the purchase of books and videos, all kinds of things, right? I had invested well over $100,000 in myself by that point. And yeah. you know what a training trip to Japan is these days. I mean, you can do it oh, on yeah. a budget. Um, and I, I take people on a budget, but when I take them for $2,800, right, um, me, my two weeks are costing me about 4000 because mm. I train way more than everybody else does. Um, mm-hmm. my, my tab for the classes that I attend, and you know I attend an average of two classes a day, right, at 30 mm-hmm. to $35 per class. Yeah. Um, my tab for two weeks for training is more than what I pay for the hotel and almost as much as what I pay for my airfare. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not wealthy by any means. I just figure out how to make it happen, and I do the hard things because when I say that something's important, it's important enough to act on and not put off until tomorrow. So, because tomorrow never comes, right? Tomorrow never comes. When tomorrow comes, it's today. Tomorrow Mm -hmm. is always future-based, right? And it's nobody else's fault if I can't make it. I mean, I guess one year I could have blamed what is now an ex wife and my daughter, who is now 16, I could have blamed them for my not making it to Japan that year, except that my uh, my trip to Japan was <laughs> right at the projected delivery date of my daughter. Mm. So, mm-hmm. of course I didn't go, right? Yeah. Um, I went the very next spring, but... Um, yeah, so I could have blamed them. I didn't go that year cuz yeah. my wife got pregnant and she had my daughter and really you weren't there you weren't a part of the process at all. Well, my wife just tripped over yeah. herself and got pregnant. Right?
0: Oh, uh, that um, that certainly gets in that whole, you know, attitude of just uh, accepting personal responsibility for, you know, your decisions where a lot of people like 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 you say like to play the blame game. Oh, this happened, that happened instead of, well, I made the choice to do this instead.
1: Yeah, you know, to, but to what take I take that on and go. Time, yeah. Yeah. But knowing that I wasn't going to do that, what I did during that time was I pulled out notes and I pulled out videos that I had um uh, from past uh seminars that I never attended. Right? Mm. I will purchase these things or don't tell anybody. Sometimes the divine winds blow them in my direction. But um <laughs> Uh, I, that's what I, I watched I mean, was I there living and breathing it? No, but was I getting lessons and still increasing my, uh, my education? Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you know, like, so I guess in a way my daughter saved me for $4,000 that year, <laughs> but I still spent it the next year that I went. Uh, right. You know, and I know how that just, for a lot of people, that just sounds like such an astronomical number. Um, And I'm certainly not in any kind of a league where it's not, but it's a number. And there's plenty to go around in the world. We just need to figure out how to make it happen for us. And if the job or the life or whatever that you're currently living doesn't provide for that, then a change is necessary. It goes right back to your original thing, right? The only Mm -hmm. universal constant is change. How's that for a backwards (laughs) counterintuitive kind of thing? But it's true. Everything changes metal yeah. rusts you know water evaporates uh, droughts go away because the evaporated water eventually comes right back down to earth um you know we we age we get ill we die some illnesses yeah. pass some don't right um it is what it is right but um i just it serves me better and you remember going to an instructor training program that i put together years ago one of the one of the lessons in the very first module was on leadership and how your classes will always be a reflection of you, always, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those lessons was the, uh, the reminder or a quote that everybody got, which was everything happens for a reason and it serves me, right? And uh, so it doesn't matter, good, bad, or whatever, how can I use this to move forward? How can I move, mm-hmm. use this to elevate me, even if it feels like it's pushing me down? And the nin symbol for for, for our art is all about, you know, the enemy has a, has a weapon at my heart or in some context. I have a, a Chinese friend who said that um, often the Chinese translate the nin symbol as the dagger, or the blade is actually in your heart, and you will still endure. You will persevere. You will be patient and wait until you have a better opportunity to act but you don't just surrender, right? You don't just mm. accept your fate unless the knife damages your heart to the point where you're going to die, but then you don't have a choice, right? As long as you have a choice and as long as you're breathing, then there is endurance, there is perseverance, and there is patience, period, right? Yeah. Um you, you know that one piece of artwork, and I, I don't know if you were – I think you were in Japan – um, that you're with me, but maybe not um there there used to be a second hand store there in uh Kitagoshigaya, which isn't there hasn't been there for years, but there used to be one uh near the train station. Do you remember that one? Mm. uh you were there the year that uh, Pete and everybody went, and Pete and I found those uh. Those dolls that were in glass cases and stuff.
0: Oh, and yes, helped, yes, uh, yes, yes. I, I remember. And she found that. Yeah. She
1: found that. We giant, got teacups uh, and
0: Honko, and yeah. there's all kinds of great right. stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Well, that year I bought that um, that calligraphy artwork. It was in a frame and everything that just mm. had two kanji on it, right? And uh, both kanji are uh, are the word min, right, for perseverance. and But the, the, they're completely different kanji, right? And the whole meaning behind this artwork is without perseverance, there's only disgrace. No, I take that back. That's not that one. That one is the perseverance one. The, the, the uh, need for persevering perseverance or enduring endurance. Mm-hmm. Because enduring of the, challenge, the enduring. Right? No, it was actually <laughs> I had a student who went to Japan as a foreign exchange student and studied with one of these artists that teach you how to combine uh, kanji, in a way that it's not a sentence, but there's a meaning there, right? And yeah. uh, I got that as a as a Christmas or birthday present one time, and that's what it is. There's this other plaque that I'm hanging up that has three kanji on it, and uh, it has a kanji for mu or without or lacking, uh, the one for nin or perseverance, and the one for disgrace. And the meaning behind it is without endurance, without perseverance, right, without the ability to continue moving on, right, to overcome, those kind of things, all you're left with is disgrace. That's a very mm-hmm. uh, very Japanese uh, perspective on things. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: so, um, you know, um, but that, that, that's never going to be accepted by or uh, taken as an approach by people who seek to blame others for their conditions, right? And maybe somebody yeah. is holding you down, but, you know, unless you're in chains and literally lashed to the, I don't know, the deck of a ship or a rock that's being thrown in the ocean, Right, you still have to accept responsibility for how'd you get there, your lack of skills or ability to prevent that from happening, right, and mm-hmm. or the skills necessary for breaking free of the bonds and moving forward. So, right. if you the, the moment that you accept that whatever you're experiencing is it and that's all there is, then you're done. Okay, not because somebody else said you're done, but because you said you're done. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, so you know, this is what it is. So. Cool beans! Thanks for letting me yeah. get all serious there, Eric. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> take credit for it. Uh, <laughs> Blame <you>. So, wow.
0: <laughs> I know we do have uh, we have some good questions here that uh, that came in. I, I see Tim yeah. uh, asked a question about uh, your library books. He says, uh, Shidoshi Miller, please talk a little bit about your ninja library books."
1: <laughs> My ninja library I'd, books.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you were loaning them out like a library. Can I get about? a card? Where, where is this? Where is this? <laughs> it's on the, the Q and A side. <laughs>
1: oh, I need to refresh my screen then because I didn't see that one. Uh, Shishman, please talk a little about your ninja library books. I don't understand. You're just
0: him. wondering. He's maybe just wondering Wait, what do I have in my library? Must must read books, just like you know Oprah's list oh. of uh, well. books kind of thing, but. The ninja version. Is that what
1: it is? <laughs> I, guess. I don't know, dude. A lot of these things are out of print. Um, oh, boy, true, What true. Do I have? Let's see. I'm in the office at the dojo at the moment. I have way more in my home office, but I have everything from, let's see, uh, the book by Hatsumi Sensei, Nijutsu History and Tradition. Um, it's a good read. Most of the anything by Hatsumi Sensei is a good read, um, but I really do believe it's where you are in the training Oh, excuse me. Um, if if I were going to give anybody a must series of uh, books to read, I would first have to know what your perspective is, because and, and here's the thing. That, that I've been I've been binge watching Monk on uh, Amazon Ooh. Video, so I've wow. been catching myself saying, "Here's the thing." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was the but one anyway. One. Yeah, that was one of his things, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, if you if if you don't like philosophy, if all you're uh, all you're about is the physical techniques, well, one you can't be a ninja anyway, because sorry, um, the, you need a belief system and code of action and things like that, right? There's the stuff that underpins the art and makes it what it is. Otherwise, it's just another way of beating people up, right? Uh, but anyway, if if you have a distaste for that, then if I include books on the list, you're not going to read them anyway, right? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you are um, uh, if you're more about the classical stuff than the modern application of those same lessons, and I include things that are more focused on the modern application of things, you're not going to read those, or there's part of you that's going to go, mm, yeah, I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to do it the other way, okay? Uh so I really need to know where somebody where somebody is. Um and my library also has a bunch of books in it that ha- do not have the word ninja in them, uh but uh involve the, the same kind of uh mindset but for a different area of my life, okay? Hmm. Like um, you know, enduring financial hardship, those kind of things. Right? Uh, because that all falls under the ninja kill mode, right? Uh, If I took a picture of the small office that I'm sitting in right now, I have more books in this office than I can fit on the bookshelves (laughs) in my office, so they're sitting on top of shelves and all that. If I go into the back training room that is typically our uh, black belt training room, you will see bookshelves that have everything from Buddhist to Shinto to Taoist philosophy to uh, SAS survival manuals to uh, uh, battlefield emergency first aid to business success um, well, I got a lot of those in this office as well. And then if I go into my home office, there's everything in there from, um, let's see, uh, more Buddhist and philosophical stuff to business success to some of my favorite uh, fiction authors to a bunch of Star Trek stuff that my, my I don't even buy the collectibles. My wife gets them for me. Um, So um, (laughs) magic stuff that's there because uh, that's all a big part of the deception and manipulation training and Mm. understanding how to do misdirection and and things like that. So that's there. Uh, God, what else? Oh, there's, um, let's see, uh, books on uh, male-female brain wiring, uh, relationship development, um, uh, deepening sexual passion uh, with your partner, uh, all those kind of things, right? See, I just crossed the line for some people, didn't I? That's cool. i oh. love doing that, but anyway, but they're there, Hey, right? I, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's
0: very appropriate. Uh, Valentine's Day is next week.
1: This is about producing. <laughs> um, this is about producing results. Okay, so I have some clarity here. So yes, the books you have. Uh, I like philosophy. Okay, so Tim, uh, for you, my friend, um, let's see, philosophy. Hatsumi Sente has a book uh, it was just updated and edited by Joe Marantonio a couple of years back maybe let's see see if I can see the date on this Uh, well this was republished or reissued but the original thing was in 1998 Uh, when was it redone here maybe it was just reissued I don't know Um, but it has a different cover and they did do a little bit of an update on it but it's called Ninpo Wisdom for Life. It was originally called when it was originally written. It was originally called because you know you might you might already have it. Um, shit, where is it? Excuse my Ah, uh, never mind. Don't. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, original Ninpo Wisdom for Life. Uh, <laughs> Made to keep the flavor of the original text, which was, damn it, where is it?
0: Anyway, if you go looking for
1: that one, this one, um, this one's really good. Philosophy of Budo and Ninpo, World of Budo and Ninpo, uh, Life of Perseverance, uh, Men and Women, uh, Ninja Discussion. Uh, It's just five chapters, but um, really cool, really deep stuff. Oh, here it is. Uh, The original book was called Hidden Togakurevuu Ninpo. Um, Hmm. No, No, that wasn't. What is this? I had that one. I had the English translation. Well, it's a fairly okay translation of the book. Um, anyway, if you find that one, NINPO Wisdom for Life. Uh, essence of Nijutsu was always good. Uh, that's attracted uh, several students to me uh, over the over the long term. That um, They were okay with the martial arts directed kind of thing, but Essence really did it for them. Uh, essence of Nijutsu, if I remember correctly, and I'm staring at it across the room here, um, it uh, – it it's really kind of a divided between odd chap- odd number chapters and even number chapters like all books are, but I mean the way they go together. So it's like the odd number chapter or part of it part of that, um, is a story about a past Grandmaster, past member of the group or, you know uh, training or whatever, okay? Whether it was um there's several stories in there of uh from Takamatsu's life, uh through different stages of his development, right? Um but then some from Toda Sensei and all that, but there are these stories uh, that uh, are, are there, and then there's uh, an accompanying kind of a commentary on it, right? But in that book, he, uh, he also goes into, like, the difference between uh, different arts that seem to come together, and there are applications where they need to, but if you go in the wrong direction or have the wrong mindset, then you will bastardize the art and you'll be doing something completely different. You'll end up becoming a charlatan or whatever. Um, so uh, what he talks about are the, uh, the, uh, the relationships between like the, the arts of, the, of an illusionist, the arts of a con man, and the arts of a ninja. Okay? Because mm-hmm. we have deception and manipulation in Ninjutsu, mm-hmm. but the reason that you're doing it, right? One person does things as an entertainer. That's how they make money. Another person does it because they are not entertaining, Um, they present something, but they play on other people's greed and that's how they make money. Um, And then the other person is trying to accomplish uh, specific goals or missions to make life better for everybody. So, uh, and they may or may not make money. So uh, it is what it is, right? So let's see, what else do I have? Uh, Let's see, trying to stay on the philosophical side of things. Uh, those are really good places to start. Um let's see. Uh the book uh that uh co wrote with uh, Stephen Hayes, uh the Grandmaster's let's see, not that one. Um what's it called? Um License from the Grandmaster. I had look that one up. There's also a small uh book that he wrote with a bunch of other people called um Lessons from the Grandmaster, Not i looking at it at the moment, I'm trying to remember these titles. They're all good. Um, not by Hatsumi Sensei, but I highly suggest it for everyone, uh, it's really focused around the philosophy of not only warfare, but also of life and handling just about anything that creates a challenge. I highly suggest The Art of War by Sun Tzu, and get over the, uh, the fact that Chapter 13 is called The Use of Spies, and how most people think that that's the only one that really relates to ninja. If you've been training for any length of time or you've been reading or studying or researching or whatever, you will know that from the very first passage, you could insert Hatsumi Sensei in there as the example of these lessons and see how he has been teaching this stuff forever. Hmm. Um, What else? I can't go to the back room without um, walking away from the um,
0: (laughs) –
1: I'm I'm tied into my headset to – to the phone, so uh, I'd get out of range for that What else. Um, Hmm. I I think those are good places to start. Um, You could also, uh, the book by um, Kasun Zagari, called The Ninja, Ancient Shadow Warriors of Japan. Uh, It's a secret history, so you'd have to be okay with a little bit of history, but the history stuff really ties into philosophy and mindset and, you know, the difference uh, between uh, the way the ninja looked at things, the way the samurai looked at things, um, that kind of stuff, that's all really good. Um, there's an old book, again, this one's probably out of print, I think, uh, and again, if you have a distaste for Stephen Hayes, I, I don't know what to tell you, right? Um, there are lots of people that um, either I don't like them as a person or I'm out of touch with them or whatever, I don't, or I don't care one way or the other. But uh, there's truth in their writings. So why would I deny myself lessons because I don't like a certain person or they're not, they're not translating things verbatim, but they're, you know, they've described it so that a Westerner can at least have an introduction to those lessons and then you can carry on from there, right? Or, you know, I have of Kim books, right? Do I study the things the way Shida Kim does? Do I think he's authentic? No, of course not. But I can't talk about it or have, a, have a, uh, a decision one way or the other if I don't know what he's putting out, right? Because some of the stuff in his books are right, and some of the stuff I can see where he plagiarized the stuff, and other hmm. stuff he guessed, <laughs> you know? Uh, but there's a really good book uh, called Ninja Realms of Power, which are the spiritual roots and traditions of the Shadow Warrior. This is by Stephen Hayes. Again, you're probably going to find this is a used book. Um, this copyright 1986 um, and the chapters the interesting way that he laid out the chapters here was that the chapter number corresponds to a, a philosophical concept uh, within the training Okay, so uh, chapter one is about the musha shugyo or uh, it's all about the spirit it's all about the oneness of things this nature kind of thing and all that uh, it's titled quest of the warrior chapter two is the Taoist teaching so that's straddling the two as one this yin and yo yin and yang Mm. what appear Mm -hmm. appear to be opposites but really is a single unifying thing chapter three is is on mikyo because it covers the sanmitsu the triple secrets right thought word indeed uh chapter four is on the shugendo practices uh which is still related to mikyo but it's about the the elements right so it's the base four elements um in the in the five elements that we talked about Chapter 5 is on, uh, uh, 2, right, because now we're adding in the fifth one. Um, uh, and then, uh, Chapter 6, there's only 6, is the realms of contention, and this one focuses on the six realms, uh, that come out of our, uh, uh training, the six realms of, uh, personality, and, uh, six realms of, uh, the six different states. Uh, You know, you know about those things, right? So uh, that's a really good one as well. So I highly, highly suggest um, those books. Um, And, of course, there are other ones, but uh, if you have any of those, even if you've read them, read them again. I'm a big fan of pulling things out and rereading them later on, um, even if I've already read them, because if you are training, if you are researching, if you are studying, if you are progressing, that's the key word, right? If you're progressing, when you go back and read something that you thought you had read before and you thought you understood it, other things will jump out at you that you either completely missed or thought you understood one way and now you get it at a different level. And that will, it's almost like, re, it's almost like reading a new book, right? It'll just be, it'll be different. I mean, it'll, it will give you insights and things that you just start having more aha moments, right? Um, mm. But what we want to avoid is, is, you know, reading it once and then it goes on our bookshelf so we can say, oh, yeah, I have that one. You know, it's like a possession kind of thing, right? Um, just like we can confuse techniques that we learned for uh, our first belt rank, right? You know, that, those are beginner techniques. I don't need those again. No, they're, they're techniques. They're ways to handle a situation, but how would a, how would an intermediate student do that same technique how would a shodan or need do that same technique if they're still doing it the same way a white belt does they haven't learned a damn thing okay they learn mechanics and that's it they're a kata collector right but a 10th don is going to be doing that technique very differently and they should be because they learned a whole bunch of other things between that white belt introduction to the technique and where they are now and when they were a white belt they only understood things at a certain level or thought they understood things. They thought that they were looking at the whole technique, but they were missing a whole bunch of things that the teacher was doing, right? Strategically, tactically, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff to control a situation. So to, only, to continue to be doing the same techniques the same way, like the crippled moron you were when you were a white belt, right? And I do really mean that. I mean, they're, you know, you, you, you It's like being a teenager, right? You think you know everything, but you really don't kind of thing, right? Um, (laughs) Right. You you think about all of the stuff that you didn't know about the art and and self-defense and all that when you learned those first techniques, right? So to write them off and throw them away is to throw away options, and to continue to do them the same way that you've always done them is to cripple yourself, right? Mm. Because there's so much more that you've learned. I mean, think about the way our modules are laid out. Right In Mod 1, it's really about basic, basic self-defense against the most common types of attacks and giving people some options, while at the same time giving them kind of a sampling or a heads-up about things that they're going to be training with as they move through the the next, you know, bunch of modules on the way to the black belt levels. Um, You know, so it's mostly mechanical in Mod 1, right? But in Mod 2, you really hone in on uh, timing, distancing, and angling right, and understanding strategic, uh, strategically how to control the situation better, how to control his perceptions, those kind of things, right? So instead of forgetting about the Mod 1 techniques, because now we're in Mod 2, right, we need to be applying those new principles and new ways of seeing things and controlling things to the Mod 1 techniques. We move on to Mod 3, and it's about getting there first and preempting and and. Uh Having no wind up right, we can move directly and all that that stuff needs to transform our mod two and mod one techniques to make them even better and more powerful because we were missing those pieces, those elements when we were going through those levels right uh, yeah. Mod four right has to do with that tricky sense of timing where you capture you catch him in his own technique right at the moment he thinks he should be hitting. A hit occurs, but it's him, so it, it causes confusion. Again, that gets overlaid. You know, your sandon understanding of controlling and manipulating his perceptions and his decision-making skills gets overlaid on everything that got learned before that. Uh, it just keeps going, right? So um, I, we just have to be careful that we're not um, we're not treating our book reading like people treat this this you know. Martial arts progression kind of thing, where they just trade out one toolbox or one palette for another, and you know, I don't know if they're looking for a favorite, and that's what they're always going to do. But um, pull in, pull your old books out, pull videos out if you have them, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. and look at them from the new, from from the new pr- uh, perspective. And here's the thing: here's the litmus test. If it still looks to you during this watching. Like you remember it, and you don't pick up anything new, then you haven't grown. Nothing's Mm. changed. Hard pill to swallow, I know, but, you know, every time you get a lesson from a teacher, it's a red pill, blue pill moment. And, again, Mm. if you've been around long enough and you know what the matrix thing is, you get that, right? You can go on like nothing ever happened, tell yourself whatever you want, or you can jump take it's another stepping-off point. To fall further down the rabbit hole, right? Your yeah. teacher should constantly keep you in a sense of unbalance, where you're constantly questioning things. Okay, because enlightenment is found in questions, not in answers. But, ironically, everybody's looking for answers. Hmm. So, see, you did it again. We got all like deep and serious. <laughs> I'm going to blame. I'm going to blame Tim. Not my fault. That. Yeah, this was all right. Tim. Not my so... fault. Not my way to go, Tim. <laughs> Right. So anyway, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was helpful for anybody else. Uh, Maybe at this point, since we're, well. Oh,
0: I can't wait to go back through the recording because I couldn't take notes fast enough on like the whole litany of books I still need to get.
1: So. (laughs) Okay. fair enough. Yeah, just do what everybody else does. Right. Just go online, go to Amazon or whatever. And anything that has the word ninja on it, you want to (laughs) buy. Buy. Buy it all. (laughs) No, no, that's not. That's not right. Right. You know, just like yeah, anything that's ninja, anything, right? Ooh, that must be authentic because you know, there's who's to say what's real and what's not? Uh-huh. Uh, historical records, you know, <laughs> that's another thing in the in the in the the the, common, or the new world, right? Um, let's just just let's just change the definition of words and make it mean something completely different from you know what it was always meant, uh, what it's always meant, right? Uh, we're just going to give it a completely different meaning, right? Um, And it happens naturally anyway, like, you know, what, the generation or two before me um, decided that the word awesome meant, like, stupendous, meant perpendicular, right? When the word awesome for centuries has meant fear-inducing. So, um, but here we are, right? We picked up this cool thing because, well, that's what I mean when I say it. Well, great, okay. We're right back to Lincoln's Let's call a dog's tail a leg, right? Uh, conundrum. So, anyway, no, don't buy everything that says ninja on it, for God's sake. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, I, was, I was looking I was, back you over. Buy with, you buy anything with Hatsumi Sensei's name on it? Look for those first, um, because mm. he's the source. If you can find anything by Tanamura or I don't know if Menaka has anything out or whatever, but by all means, um, I don't care what anybody tells you, right? You're not you're not a traitor to the Bujinkan or whatever. If you are seeking knowledge right? Think about who you were before you got indoctrinated into only one way of thinking about things. Now, again, Mm -hmm. I know that I risked my tenure in the Bujinkan, but Hakimi Sinti knows me and he knows how I teach things and and all that, so I I really don't think that I have a problem, right? Um, But if you're not finding as much as you can from legitimate sources, regardless of whether they get along or like other legitimate sources, uh, then you're crippling yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice. Right? Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. I mean, I, and I've learned that from Hatsumi Sensei by watching how he uses the Japanese mentality and way of doing things um, on and against the different shihan, the, the senior master instructors. For decades, he's played them off of each other. You know, it's and they go through this constant thing where, you know, one doesn't like another or these two don't like each other or whatever. And I go to Japan and these people will tell me, you know, don't go to his class. You'll get hurt in that class or don't get to his class. The techniques aren't powerful or whatever. And then when I go back to their class, they go, oh, so what did you do today? What did you do, you know, since I saw you last? Oh, I went to his class. And they look at me like, oh. but... You know, I, I mean, I have a reputation for being a stand-up guy because they all know that I'm there for my training and I'm getting what I think I need, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be exposed to as many teachers as possible because I put their training in context, right? Mm. Uh, one person's big focus is on balance and and doing minimal effort, so that's really part of the the dragon realm of training, right? Um, where another one, they're very clear about if you make this mistake, you will die. And so this point right here gets hit, and it gets hit like this. And I've left their classes with sprains, strains, and and things that Mm. took weeks or months to heal. Um, But there was no doubt that, (laughs) so that's what that's going to do to to a body. So that was more the tiger side of training, um, which are both part and parcel to everything that we're doing, even though people have been uh, brainwashed or convinced themselves that, you know, Soft training is the only way, and anything other than that, that induces pain or that hurts, you must be putting power into it, and therefore, it's old school. We don't do it that way anymore. Well, you don't do it that way anymore, but I promise you, do that soft training on a 250-pound UFC guy who's used to getting hit in the skull a lot, right? And he smiles at you. Before you black out, you remember those last thoughts that you had of, oh, shit, this isn't working, Hmm. Uh, because... That's what you're going to be up against. So I'm not talking about doing one or the other. I'm talking about the necessary for both, necessity for both. So anyway. Um, well, we have just I know a, we had a one couple of questions.
0: Yeah, we we just got a couple minutes left here, but um, yeah. David asked that he heard a few months ago that ninja get twice as much training as samurai did, and uh, you know what was it, and could they beat uh, one head to head in most situations given the space around them? Uh, asking about you know things like a longsword, and then he kind of amended that to say you know I think it was eighteen compared to thirty six uh, with the ninjas, so, so right. something like that, and uh, so I think he's kind of starting to touch on on it, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, most people, when they when they jump into Nijutsu, again, they they get all blindsided or they put the blinders on. They're only looking at Nijutsu and, and that kind of thing, and so they ignore Japanese history. They you know they're not paying attention to things out of context. So unless it's in a book on ninjutsu, uh history wise or philosophy wise or Japanese culture wise or whatever, they just there's no bother, right? Uh, yeah. And so. You know, for most people, they've encountered this uh, – and it started in that in that book, the first book that they put out in English called Nijutsu History and Tradition, and he discusses the ninja juhake, or the 18 levels of ninja training, which begins with seishin teki, or spiritual refinement, personal growth, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, which is part and parcel for that <laughs> new webinar that I have coming out, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, then moves through, you know, all these other areas. But that they were the 18 areas of training – within the togakure ryō, the Togakure school, okay, um, which are ultimately founded on the Ninja no Hachimon, those, those initial eight, or those required minimum eight areas of, of training that any ninja school had to be doing. So the, the thing that people have been introduced to with this 18 is from the Togakure school, these 18 areas of study. But the 18 areas of study were developed as... A classification system that was to be overlaid on or ultimately based on the budo juhake or the 18 areas of training for samurai or uh, the conventional warriors. And that Mm. list changed over time, right? Different uh, people who who outlined these lists, right? Different uh, writers or uh, scribes or whatever you want to call them, right? Um, At different times in history, you'll see different weapons or different skills on the list because of what was going on in conventional warfare or the way armor was developed or, uh, you know, in in one set you're going to see the spear or the halberd or things like that. And in other ones, you don't see it at all, and it's because it took the Huns trying to invade Japan and the samurai repelling them for the samurai to change their mind about the importance of the spear or halberd, which made up – the front lines of the Hun invading forces up until that mm-hmm. point in history, the Japanese just didn't see that much of a much importance. And so that's why you'll see a lot of these old traditional uh, halberd schools or whatever. Um, it's mostly training for women, right? Cause it was a long pole that allowed them to, to um, keep a, an attacker at bay and defend the home front should, you know, something happen or whatever. Um, after the Huns invasion, Um, the samurai seriously changed their mind. So there are these developments, right? There are these things. Mm -hmm. So the ninja were not only required to know the ninja side of training, which included things like deception and manipulation and special ninja weapons and and things like that, but they also had to know the budo juhake because everything in ninjutsu is a variation on those things. But here's the question. How do we beat something that we don't understand ourselves that we don't know mm. right so mm-hmm. that's that's where you know you get into these frickin' age old uh, arguments that end up on in as, as full blown articles in black belt magazine or whatever right if you know which is better karate or judo well this is not an easy question to answer um, because uh, if the karate guy can keep the judo guy from getting inside grabbing distance, and he can keep him at distance with his punches and kicks, the karate guy is going to win. So it's more mm-hmm. based on his his skill and proficiency than it is which art is better. If the judo guy can get inside the punches and kicks and close distance, he has an advantage. But, you know, if that's the extent of their of their training, then, you know, so you've these people that what they're really arguing for are political biases or, or – or preferential, uh, you know, uh, just preferences, right? This is what I do, so therefore it must be better than anything else. Um, So anyway, so the the idea here is that um, it, it goes much, much deeper, and it's just not a matter of collecting skills. It's the ability to put those skills in context, right? I have to know basic sword work. I have to know conventional sword work before I can approach the shorter sword that the ninja used and understand why it was developed, how it fits into what types of spaces, uh, those kind of things, right? Um, it's not a matter of uh, just working in spaces that were too short for, you know, a long sword to be operated in, uh, because the samurai were able to operate in tight quarters with uh, a samurai sword. So, hmm. uh, you know, low ceilings, all that kind of stuff. They just wouldn't have used Dijodon in an area with mm-hmm. low ceilings. That's why we have uh, uh, hasso, right, where almost mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it looks like a baseball bat position or whatever, right. Hasso, the feeling in hasso, the the way it's used, the intention and things like that, are exactly the same as they are in daijodon. You're just mm-hmm. in tight quarters, right? So mm-hmm. it's a matter of of understanding the strategy and the tactical application of the techniques. And not just having a bunch of techniques. Because if all you know are stances and techniques and strikes and cuts and things like that, and you don't have a mind that can process and can process context and can assess the given situation and be able to choose the best things from within your toolbox, then the only place that you're going to be awesome with your skills is in the dojo. Um, It's just, you, you need more than that. And that's why that's why it's important to have both the dencho and the makimono for any given, uh, or I don't, mm. I don't possess them, but I have lessons from them for all of these things, right? Because the densho, which is typically where people gravitate to, right? That's the list of kata, right? But the dencho are just a list of mechanical things. It's the makimono from any given scroll, or any given school that gives you the philosophical, uh, and uh, contextual basis for how those techniques are applied, when, mm. under what conditions, those kind of things, right? So these, these things are kept separate. I mean, it's like uh, in Mikio, we have the Taizokai and the Konkukai. The Taizokai takes a look at categorizing and classifying things, people, places, things, situations, and things like that, in life, Right uh if we just break it down to the to the five elements, right? We have things that are solid, things that are fluid, things that are gaseous or combustible, or certain things that are gaseous, things that are combustible, and things that are basically the subatomic uh building blocks of everything, right? Um, that's the Taisot type. The Kong is the energy and interrelationships and things like that as those things come into existence, go out of existence, interrelate or interact with each other, that kind of thing. Um you know, it's 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 not as it's not as uh robotic and and um uh I don't know. It's it's not as not as rudimentary and simplistic as people would like to make it. Hmm. Right. So uh or that they would like it to be, right? Um as Hasim sensei has said again and again, Nijutsu or Budo is like life right it's exactly like life life is not easy life is not simplistic right yes there are simple concepts but living to those concepts and being able to do them automatically like breathing right uh, breathing is taken for granted but it's vitally important right there are things yeah. in our arts that are taken for granted and people assume that they understand it but they don't and without those things you'll die in, a, hmm. in an actual engagement there are things that are very complex that um, you know that people take uh, as being uh, you know that they understand it so it's it's easy right so be careful with these lists i mean you know yes there are 18 yes there are 36 and all that but what are really important today right i mean you could you could have a list of different weapons like in the in the um, in the ninjato Hachimon, right and i explained this in in the full online program that we have uh you know, as a part of the ninja Hachimon, the weapons that you have uh, are sword, spear, and shuriken. Okay? Are there other ones? Of course, right? But sword, spear, and shuriken, right? Um, hmm. But it's not really about the weapon itself. It's about the ranges and application of those weapons, because if you look at them, what you're looking at are edged weapons, blunt force weapons, and projectile weapons. What you're looking at are weapon – there's a weapon type or group for long range, there's a weapon type for mid-range, and there's a weapon type for close range. Hmm. So it goes way beyond just looking at a list and making that this finite thing. Um, So anyway, uh, hopefully Hmm. that was helpful. I mean, we we really are on a a limited budget when it comes to uh, time. Uh, on yeah. the show, but hopefully that was helpful. They um, would just put something else in here. My post is on Quaro Ninja from China versus Samurai. If you want to add to it, as I still don't, underst- uh, still don't understand. Thanks. Mm. I have no idea what the Quaro Ninja is, especially from China, because um, mm.
0: it, it's already been
1: de- de- it's already been debunked. Uh, there were people that have come out of the woodwork, um, like there were the uh, Salsa, not salsa, but Salsa. S-U-L-S-A, supposedly Korean ninja, uh, that uh, that they were getting their their 15 minutes of fame back in the uh, um, late 80s, early 90s, maybe. And uh, they had to admit a uh, couple of years after that that uh, they were actually Korean martial artists who had uh, you know studied a little bit of this art called Horang Do and some other things, and uh, they wanted to get the same kind of attention that uh ninjutsu was getting so they decided to ride on the tail of ninja of the whole ninja boom uh. in the 80s and so they had to admit that they made it up and i know that they admitted it because the guys that made it up i ended up getting one of their students who was a marine in hawaii that ended up training with these mm. guys and he since he couldn't do ninjutsu because of where he was training and all that he decided to do the next best thing based on you know these articles and all that found these guys and trained with them so much so that he became an instructor Okay, wow. and um, yeah, they kept holding him off. When are we going to do this stuff? When are we going to do this stuff? You know, the stuff you put in the in the, in the articles and all that. When you're hired, when you're hired. Well, finally, he got to be an instructor, and he pressed them again, and finally, they had to admit that that they made it up.
0: <laughs>
1: right? How about that for a letdown? Right? three to five years of training, doing everything they did, jumping through hoops and loops because you were told that when you did this, you'd get this. When you did this, you'd get this. This is higher-level mm. stuff. And then putting in all that time, effort, loyalty, and all that. Um, Nijutsu is a uniquely Japanese approach to a bunch of other lessons and teachings and things like that that have come along, um, that have come down through history, but it's a Japanese approach to these different lessons. Um, and the word ninja itself is a fairly modern um, word uh, applied to what originally were known as the shinobi no mono, right? Uh, from uh, ancient Japan. So uh, I, I would need reference, David. So if you could send something, you can send it to warriorc at warrior-concepts-online dot com. Uh, send me some things, some references, things that I can look up, uh, because I will do the historical research to figure out who the hell these quaro ninja are from China, because again. A lot of these people came out of the woodwork and, and published things, and it's not that they're not mm. doing something. It's that they're it's not needed to. Okay? And, again, you can, call, you can call something anything you want. But it, just in case you missed this, this is one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln. Way back in the day, he was having a discussion with somebody who was trying to manipulate reality to get something passed through the Senate, and the guy's argument was, you know, well, let's just, let's just say that this thing over here isn't a problem. Um, so without that, right, then this this will work, right? This this thing that we want to do will work. And Lincoln looked him right in the face and said, how many legs does a dog have? And the guy looked at him like he was retarded. He said, well, four, of course, but what does that have to do with it? And Lincoln said, well, bear with me, okay? Let's just say that the dog's tail is now a leg, okay? Now how many legs does a dog have? And the guy says, Well five and Lincoln says, You're an error, sir. Just because we call the tail a leg doesn't make it so And that was hmm. the end of the conversation. Okay? <laughs> so just because we call something something or somebody else in a book or whatever, like uh, uh, Professor Ha Ha Lung, right, and in his books and Ashita Kim uh, and I've already had discussions about how the name is culturally impossible, on top of the fact that the guy's an American who gave himself a Japanese-Korean hybrid name um, and is teaching Chinese stuff in his books, um, it doesn't make it so, right? So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just just be careful. It's not that what they're teaching is not workable, but um, be careful. Again, this goes back to just because somebody tagged the word ninja on it, doesn't make it a ninja thing any more than we should put ninja motorcycles. Remember the Kawasaki motorcycles? Mm-hmm, I think they were mm-hmm. Kawasaki, Yamaha, whatever, mm-hmm. right? The ninja motorcycles don't need to go on the list of training for ninja unless <laughs> we're looking at the Goton Po, which is mm. the five the use of the five elements as escape and evasion things, and mm. uh, the um, the area called Doton uh, Jutsu, which is about use of. Uh, Uh, being able to navigate the land, okay? So Mm. geography, uh, uh, land navigation, those kind of things, and being able to operate land-based vehicles, right, would be included in Dotonjutsu. So it might not be a bad idea to learn how to ride a motorcycle or a scooter, but you wouldn't just put on there, you must be able to operate a ninja motorcycle. (laughs) Uh, That's not the point of things, right? That's great. And remember (laughs) that the people that were known as uh, Shinobi no Mono, uh, didn't call themselves ninja, okay? Mm-hmm. So just like an enlightened person that we might identify as a Buddha, an awakened one, okay? Not the Buddha, okay? But a Buddha. The word Buddha is like the word Christ, right? Um, they're titles, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's not a belief. That's a historical thing, right? It means awakened one, right? So, uh Even within Buddhist practice and and study and all that, right, there's these little tests that come up where the teacher will ask questions like, uh, what do you do if you meet the Buddha on the road? And the answer is what, Eric? Kill him. Kill him, right, which really freaks people out. Oh, my God, you know, Um, because anybody who says that they're a a Buddha, right, Um, isn't one. Okay. Okay. So the the, the stuff that we're talking about is beyond titles, okay? Again, it goes back to that heart suture thing, right? Gone, 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 beyond. Gone beyond whatever the original goal was, right? Because what Mm. we were seeking is so much more than we ever knew it to be or thought it to be that to hang a title on it is either misleading or it's crippling, Mm. okay? It's a good place to start, but as uh, a... Anthony DeMello said in his book One Minute Wisdom uh, the uh, the vehicle that you drive to your house is not the same means by which you enter the door.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. So and this is this is laid out in our psycho uh, <laughs> model. mandala Or let's people. hope not. <laughs> it uh, with me the in same the, means uh, you enter the Yes, yeah, if you, if you didn't the mikyo your training like you have, right? Uh, in the yeah. mandala, the Taisokai mandala, right? There are these nine gateways or archways that move from uh, hall to hall as you progress through this this training. But the central hall, the hall that represents the the dynamics and energy of enlightenment, um, there's no doorway, right? As, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, in the in the descriptions in the in the sutras, it says that uh, it's flames, uh, walls of flame, right? And the only way right. to enter into the central die is to have all of your faculties operating correctly. So there is no cheater way in there. There is no mm-hmm. shortcut. There, there is only development. And when you have that final click in place of that final aha moment, you are in, you're inside. You're, you're not, it's not, a, it's not a, hey, can I pay you to get in? Hey, can I learn this technique to get in there? Hey, is it, it's, you get in, into that realm by doing the work. So, yeah. David, I apologize if I offended, um, but be careful with the ninja thing. But if you can send me a reference to that, uh, something that I can look up, and uh, yeah, he
0: uh, he posted a link there too. Just in the if you refresh the Q and A, uh, looks like this Quora is actually like a Q and A kind of site or a post where there's a little discussion going on. So,
1: at Quora.com, who would win a Japanese samurai versus Chinese ninja? And uh, and I'll have to look at that as well because um, uh, some people in the West, unfortunately, don't know the difference between Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, Korean, whatever. So uh, I get it in the dojo as well, right? I just had somebody after (laughs) uh, a year and a half of training (laughs) ask me uh, if this was karate. Hmm. And I said, um, you can call it karate because the word karate means empty hand, and that's what you're doing mostly. And at certain times in history, this was called karate. But this is the martial art that everything is based on. So, uh but, you know, if you don't feel the need to learn that word, then calling it karate is better than calling it billiards.
0: So, <laughs> All right. And on that note... <laughs>
1: We are out okay. of time. We're out of time. <laughs> All right. The crazy man has spoken long enough. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for those of you that are interested in following along with things, uh, this will give you another way to get on my mailing list to get other things. But I'll be posting something here um, probably either tonight or tomorrow sometime uh, with a- access to this uh lesson that I did for, like I said, my online guys that I turned into kind of a, it was actually a webinar, and I actually edited some slides and, and dressed it up a little bit that I'm offering out as free training that you can get in there. And then um, there's also a, a, a kind of look at how um, and this is kind of the first approach to things, that if you're, if you're going to be studying ninjutsu, you really need to understand what the ancient uh, masters regarded as the minimum necessary for being able to say that you're a ninja practitioner or that you're a a teacher at school teaching that kind of thing. You've got to be studying these areas. Um, So I've got this program that kind of leads into that, if you want to jump onto that. But that program doesn't just look at the ancient way of uh, the ancient outline, because we have to understand the ancient outline was based on what was going on at the time, right? What was the technology? What were the weapons of the day? That kind of thing, right? So some of the things on the list are based on that era where other things on the list are universal, right, and they do carry forward. But what I do in that program also, um, there's – I just calculated it out. There's 22.75 hours of training in this course, okay, Uh Uh, spread out over 10 modules. So there's a lot. Um, And then there's some other bonuses I threw in all that. But um, what would those weapon types look like today without just kind of making it up, right? Uh, What would the technology look like today? Uh, What are some things that we have to worry about today that give reason to me saying that um, a ninja in today's world has to have um, better stealth ability than um, our ninja forefathers? Because we have technology that merely being able to be silent doesn't mean Mm. they can't find you, right? We have infrared. We have motion detectors. We have all that kind of stuff that the ancient ninja never had to be able to get around, and we do if you're going to get involved in this, right? They only have to worry about humans and dogs. So, um, but anyway, that that stuff's involved. So if you want to take a look at it, that'd be great. And if not, no harm, no foul, right? So uh, with that, Eric, I'm going to let you kind of wrap things up. Okay, yeah.
0: Thanks again, uh, everybody, for joining us. Yeah, remember, uh, you can get at us on Facebook. uh, Like the Kuden podcast page on Facebook. Great way to hear about uh, when next episodes are coming up, as well as get downloads to ones you might have missed, uh, links to to be able to download them, and uh, as well as post your questions there. So look for that. That's on Facebook, Kuden Podcast. And uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Kuden. Thank you for listening to KUDAD, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.